good. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Phil Henry Show. I yeah. think it's number five, right? Yeah, I think so. Thanks for having me back. One and five. One and five. Yeah. Zach Hamilton in the house. I love it. So, um, yeah, today I thought I'd talk about um, the money side of things. Okay. Money making, business. And one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is that this show is going to be about what I'm passionate about. And that is real estate investing. And, um, and so I'd like to just talk to you a little bit about, um, how you would go about doing it and what the difference would be and why would you even choose that path? Because, you know, here you are, you're 25, you're starting out your career. You are currently, uh, working in Portland as a massage therapist, right? Yep. And there's a level of, I mean, it doesn't take uh, a math genius to figure out that, when you're doing something like that, right? When you're a massage therapist working inside of a massage studio, then you are trading an hour of time for for what? For a specific for money, yeah. amount of money. And that, that amount of money could depend on what studio you're at, what percentage you get. But the reality is very quickly you come to the conclusion that whether I work eight or 10 or 12 hours, there is a very finite cap to that, right? right? For sure. And so, and so I, I guess once I, when I was around your age and I started in the engineering space and I started working for a company and realizing that inevitably uh, they will pay me enough money to keep me here, but that's it, right? So the people that were actually earning the profit were the owners, the shareholders of that company. And so I had to find a way for me to, to create financial independence without, and I needed to get out of that that model, right? Yeah. And so, so I guess in your situation, I guess, um, I figured I'll just go through some of the thought process that I had around real estate investing. And I want to give someone like yourself and some of the listeners, um, a little bit of an idea of why they would want to maybe consider the possibility of considering, uh, entering into that path and what that might mean for them if they were to continuously do that for five, 10 years right. in terms of their financial um, independence and their and their wealth creation. Makes sense? Absolutely. And, I, right. and I'm excited because I, I, I truly do not know much about it. So I think it's okay. going gonna, gonna to drum up some interesting questions. And uh, hopefully, uh, I definitely know I'm going to learn some stuff. And hopefully, uh, the listeners at home can learn some stuff as well. Awesome. So. Well, yeah, chime in if something is unclear. But sure. so, so so initially, I'll just I'll tell you the first instance, and I and I when I realized that working for someone wasn't going to get me where I want to be, when I realized that was growing up in a, in a household of uh, uh, basically two working parents. They were they were working in the conventional way. I had a nurse and I had an engineer as a father. Right, my nurse nurse was my mother, engineer father, and I would recall that he was just in a salary situation. So he would get, he would get a, a flat fee and he would go into the paper mill in, in St. John. And regardless of how much he worked, it didn't matter because he was salary. So then the dollar amount didn't change. Right. And so I would always wonder like, okay, there's, there's something I, you can tell if you're, unless you're blind, that there's, there's something called people that are business owners and are wealth creators. And then there are people that are, um, that work for someone else and they earn wages for a living. Right. Right. And so when I started to realize that in order for me to, uh, get financial independence, I couldn't follow that path. I, I had to do something different. So I just started to read a little bit. And one of the big books that, that was, uh, that allowed me to even think differently, right? Cause if you don't think differently and if you are only 
if your only belief is to get a really solid education and then go find a good solid company to work for, if that's your only belief system, then that's what your reality will be, right? right. So when I read a book called Rich Dad Poor, D- Poor Dad by mm-hmm. R- uh, Robert Kiyosaki, yep. one of the infamous business books and the four quadrants, um, it, it allowed me to to just even start to think about what that would be like, you know, what his what his uh, his friend's father, who's wealthy individual, what how his mindsets were around business and wealth and and having his money work for him, yet he contrasted that to his current dad, who wanted to get a good education, was always concerned, penny, pe- pension the pennies, uh, coming from a place of scarcity, always looking at that environment, and then he contrasted the two to figure out what that would be. So. Anyway, long story short is I, uh, when I, we were down in Massachusetts, Steph and I were broke and we're trying to get into this game. And so we ended up buying a, a two unit house in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And we ended up entering into that thing and staying for two years. And when we went to the closing table and I, I had to fix up, it was a two unit, like okay. two bedroom. And apartment. you were living in the house. And we lived in it. Yeah. Okay. But it was like, it was like. So I, is that when I, like when you're, when you're looking at your first property, is that probably the best bet is to start with the one you live in? Yeah. So okay. especially like at that point in time, like when we were down there working, a lot of the people uh, that were my age, what they would end up doing is the conventional path, right? Which is. They would go, the houses were really expensive in Boston, Foxborough. So they would go and buy into a $300,000, $400,000 home. So both people are working full time trying to freaking pay this, this mortgage. Right. They're like, uh, they're trapped. Right away, they're trapped. So, and I, I convinced Stephanie that that was not the path I wanted to go first. And she, you know, I think ignorance was bliss at the time because she didn't know what, what that meant. I said, let's get this really, really shitty two unit in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And both units were horrible. Like they were, they, they were disastrous, but that's why we got it for the price we got it for. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we would, I would come home and we would constantly be working on it in the evenings and we rented out the upstairs and that rent basically paid for a good majority of the mortgage, which is pretty sweet. So if you contrast that, my counterpart, same age, buys a home in, in, and he buys it for 400 grand. I, and he's paying that mortgage over time, which is great. Yeah. I'm, on the other hand, I chose to buy a two unit and had um, one of the units pay for the majority of the rent. So that allowed me to start to save m- more capital. Sure. Um, two years later, we sold that and leaving the closing table. I remember I looked at Steph and we had this check for like $50,000 cash. And I I made, at the time, I think I was making like $45,000 a year. And that was it. I mean, it was just me working and we had uh, Jacob and Stephanie. And and so I was like, I can't. Do you understand? We just we lived for free for the last two years, virtually. Right. And I just got a check for $50,000 in my hands. Right. So that paid off all our student loans. And that that uh, and that just, again, opened up my eyes to to doing that. So I think in a, in a situation like yourself, if you don't have like a lot of obligations, when I say obligations, I mean financial obligations like right. uh, children, you know, you're, you, you've got uh, all those things kind of burdening you down and you, you're in a position where you have not done those things yet. So you right. could potentially look at your first home being a multifamily where you live in one and either your other one or two or three tenants will pay for your mortgage and you could potentially even be making money monthly and okay. still having a nice place to live. Right. And so 
Um, are, th- are those are those places pretty abundant in, in most areas or and like what are you looking for in terms of like uh, starting out? What What's like that price range that you're looking for? So you're talking about the first one you had was kind of a dump. Right. Uh, as, as you said, um, are, are you looking for something that are you looking for a deal essentially or or if, is it to depend on like each person's income? Yeah, I think honestly, I think it, it depends on the situation. I think I was at that point, I had a very high appetite for for work and I had uh, really had a low, I had low on the resources in terms of money. Right. So I had to figure out a way to make it happen. So that the best opportunity for me was to find something underpriced, but also had some opportunity for improvement that right. would bring sweat equity into the game. Okay, and so that's how I did it. Now, doing the math out of the gate, you can easily make some calculations. Like if you're evaluating a, um, a multifamily, you have let's say you have a, a two unit, right? Well, that two unit has an income every year, and that income is from rents. And then you take that income and you minus whatever expenses you have but you don't include the mortgage payments yet. And then what you can do from that is you figure out what's, what's my earnings at the end of the year. If my, if it's bringing in 25 grand a year and my expenses are 10, then I have a $15,000 chunk of cash in my hand. Right. Right. And from that cash, I have to service the the bank with the debt. Yeah. So anyway, so if you do that, you could, I mean, very quickly, you'll find out that if you if you evaluate anything like a three or four unit in your situation, you will you will likely be coming out of that situation with zero money out of your pocket, and you'll be starting to build equity. Okay. So um, so it's a great way to and then and then what's nice about in your situation what was great for us to capitalize first is that when you're a first time home buyer, right? If I were to buy a four unit right now, right, and I and you and I are competing, mm-hmm. I'm buying a four unit. Well, this I've, I own more properties, so I have to I have to come up with twenty percent down payment, right? Okay. In your situation, you would qualify for a first time home buyer FHA loan or something to that effect. Okay. So you would only require three percent down. Oh. Shit. So all you need to come up with is three percent down payment, and you are, you could enter into a four up to a four unit property. Okay. Anything beyond that is commercial. So you would enter into a four unit property for three percent down. And then all of a sudden you're paying zero to live there and you're starting to build equity and build wealth. Okay. So, um, so yeah, anyway. So, uh, so for the majority of like my population. Yeah. Okay. So I'm talking as a soon to be 26 year old. Right. Um, with a 29 year old about to finish school in the next couple of years. Yep. Um, I currently don't have student debt, but she will. And so we're going to kind of like take that on as a team. Do you, do you, go into something like this, like a four unit, two unit, whatever, with that debt still intact? Or is it better to stay in our one bedroom, pay off the debt first and then go into it? So like what's, because I feel yeah, like a lot I of people listening that are my yep. age or like in my 20s, like, okay, shit, uh, you know, and and this is talking from only one of the two people have debt. I'm of assuming course. most people have, both people have debt. So what yeah, is, you what's your thoughts and on you that? you combine it. Listen, let's be honest. If you're, if like with Steph and I, I mean, it was a combined, it was a combined uh, student loan debt. So, if you're with someone, that debt is your debt. You're right. kind of you're you're in a, you're in the same boat together. So exactly. in your case, but yeah, I would I have a really strong belief that um, that you need to enter into a multi-unit family. And so, for example, if you guys carry debt in that situation right now, 
if you just rent a place for a thousand dollars a month, right, for twelve months, you've just taken twelve grand, and that twelve thousand dollars is gone forever, right? Okay. So if you ended up contrasting that to getting into a four unit or multi unit family, you number one, you're rent, you're living rent free, so okay. that you're you're not paying that thousand. So that thousand dollars that went out the window can now service that student loan debt. But not only that, your your building is appreciating and you're starting to build equity in the property. And I'll explain that quickly because the best way I can describe it is this. So let's say I have, um, I'll give you an example. Let's say I have uh, $10,000 cash in my hand, okay. right? So I have $10,000 cash. Instead of going, I could go out and, and invest that in stock market and try to make, um, what, like 8, 8% maybe? Good year, maybe eight percent. So at the end of that twelve months, what do I have? I from my twelve from my ten thousand dollars cash in hand, I threw it in the market, and at the end of the year, I have ten thousand eight hundred dollars. Right. Right. Okay. Now we're going to contrast that to I'm um, I'm now Zach, and I'm going to buy a four unit house because I only need three percent down. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. You could buy a three hundred thousand dollar house with ten grand. That's not bad. Okay. So I've I've now bought a three hundred thousand dollar multi unit family, right? right. So um, with that, let's just assume that I'm not paying any rent, right? I'm not going to pay any rent because I'm living in one of the units, right? Because okay. if you weren't, you'd be cash flowing. That meaning that every month you'd have five hundred bucks in your pocket. But in this case, you're living there. So let's say you're eating that up because you've decided to stay in one of the units. Well, after that 12 months, let's say that house moderately appreciates at 2%. Moderate. It's a very stable market like Bangor. Well, after that, uh, after that year, 2% of 300000 is $6,000, right? So you, it, it's now, your building's now worth three hundred and six. Okay. Okay? You've also... From the other rents coming in, you've paid the mortgages for 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just, for shits and giggles, say that you've reduced that by about 5000 Now you're Now the, the mortgage note is only, it's 5000 less than it was before, right? So now you, you only owe 285 on it. And you bought it for three, you put 10 down. Right. Now you have five in equity. So from that, in that saved 12 months... Your ten thousand dollars brought you six grand in in appreciation, right? Yeah. And you've paid it down five. Now you've got eleven thousand dollars that you've earned from that ten thousand dollar investment. That's one year. So you are earning over one hundred percent return on that investment, right? Yeah. So that's the contrast. So how how long would it take you to catch me if you were if you were investing all your free capital in the stock market? How long is it going to take you to to catch up to me when I'm making a hundred percent return on right it? a long fucking time? Especially <laughs> if you're starting out, because what will happen is my returns would change if I had to buy that same four unit. I had to put twenty percent down on mm. that three hundred grand property, right? Right. So how much did I need? I needed twenty forty. I needed I needed sixty thousand dollars of money. Just to get started. Just, just to get into that same four right. unit. You are a first-time home buyer. You can get in there. And when you're done and when you and and your spouse or your girlfriend are ready to 
to get your own home, that's great. You leave that that one of the four units, you now rent it, your cash flow starts to come in. Right. And now you can go buy your the house that you want to live so in. So it seems like everyone's doing the reverse. Yes. So they're making them the mistake of buying the modest first home and then thinking, oh man, like now we have all this extra cash, we, sh- we should invest it, let's buy some real estate. And then right. that, that's the mistake of like making it in your second home. So why aren't more, this seems really... Like a no-brainer, but why is this not like normal? I I don't know, Zach. Because truthfully. like this is it's truly a, the a, first time you've like I know we kind of talked beforehand. Yeah. What we're talking about we're talking about but real this estate. This is specific. This is really specific. I didn't even think about this because yeah. I did. I didn't even know that there was like such a thing as like yep. the first your your first home. Do you, you know like right. the fact that you have some incentives with interest and most definitely. So like yeah, why why is this? It's a good happening. question. I honestly, I, I don't think I just don't think a lot of people think about. it. I mean, if you talk, I mean, because again, it's like. I feel like for me, I would never like if I'm coming out of school, if everybody in in my class, as I look around, got a good job. Right. And then their first thing is, well, you should buy, you know, you guys are in a serious relationship or you're married or you're you should buy yourself a house because people realize I think people realize that when you start to get serious renting an apartment, right, or renting a house or whatever you there are no tax benefits from that. And we didn't even get into that, by the way, Zach. So let's, okay. you know, again, if you happen to choose that four four unit house, there are some huge tax benefits that you now get to um, get to uh, take advantage of that you would not have had you rented a place. Okay. Okay. Or bought your own house, for example. Soon as you start to have a rental portfolio, you and I go to dinner. It's you know it's an expense. Starting open up an LLC would be the next step. And then mm-hmm. I can, you know, th- that's a that's a whole nother conversation about how you right. can now take advantage of the existing tax code the way it is. And that's why that's why, you know, when you're in that environment, there, there are reasons why there are rules around people who invest in real estate, because there, there is huge tax benefit from doing it. And okay. if you're not doing it, you don't take advantage of it. And right. that's what the wealthy uh, uh, like to to uh, keep in their back pocket, right? For it's sure. Reason. So that kind of brings my brain to like the, the, the next question as someone that's completely ignorant to this is, all right, so let's say a couple of years from now, uh, you know, Sarah's working her full-time job. I'm still working my full-time job and we kind of get into this. So now what are the responsibilities that kind of fall upon us with having, let's say, let's make it modest. Let's say we're, we have a, a two unit. Yep. So w- Am I essentially taking on another job by having that, like in terms of like maintaining it and all that right. stuff? So t- can you talk about like the strings attached that yep. might not be as glorious as kind of like Most the, definitely, the 100%? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people, it, because of that, because of exactly that question, Zach, a lot of people, because of that, they just avoid it like the plague. Because again, you hear about the story, well, yeah, I'm sorry, you apart, renting apartments and all that. Then I'm like, it's like I'm at two in the morning, I got to come and... Uh, you know, fix a guy's leaky toilet or something. I'm not, I'm sorry, man. My wife is definitely not into it and I'm not into it, you know? So it does, it it has the stigma around it, but the reality of, of it is, is that number one, if you are living in the building, right, it's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, terms of proximity, you're not going very far if a problem exists, right? I mean, you're living in the house. So, and over the past I don't know. I guess let's say 10 years and we we manage, you know, upwards of 70 some units in the past 10 years. I, I don't maybe in the early stages, there were some maybe like 10 o'clock on a Friday night that I had to do something. But I would tell you, like over the 10 years, I could count it on one hand when I have when I've had to do something like that. So 
it's not something like this is called passive income. Passive income is a, the, the, the other units within the apartment, they may need some maintenance. They may need some painting and all that. You can A, either do it yourself and save a few bucks or there's there should be plenty of cash flow there in that in a four unit and above to have some of that work done by others right if you're busy i mean it's really just a phone call a lot of times uh, you just, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you have uh, some plumbing issues? Okay, hey, I'll just call a plumber and uh, or why don't right. you call this plumber? I've already got a relationship. They know where to send the bill to. Call this plumber. And that's typically what we right. do. Is so do you think that goes back to what we were talking about before? Why people, like even if they do know this is a thing, that they, they go to like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. And that might deter them. Is that why this is maybe not such a widely accepted or even known about <laughs> You know, I, 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 I don't know. I think, I think part of it is that a lot of people just don't want to do the work necessary or they don't, sure. there, there's a, there's a, there's this like, um, or maybe that's, it's not, it's just not for me. It's just not for me. And they don't, they don't question it. They don't, they don't go to another layer of questions. Why isn't it for me? I mean, why is it only for, why is it only for these wealthy guys, uh, or gals? And that was a big thing for me is like, you know, understanding that, God damn it! I'm I'm fucking as good as any of these other clowns that are doing it. And why why is it they were born they were born on this earth? Let's right. do it, man. If this guy's wrong, why is it that he can own, uh, you know, a, a portfolio of real estate investments and and uh, have financial wealth for his family, and I can't because I didn't come from that area or I wasn't born in Cape Cod or I wasn't from that area of town. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, so I, in my opinion, Zach, it's all yourself. It's all mindset stuff that create that, 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 um, that creates this roadblock for people to even think that that could, they could do that. Oh, apartment rentals. Yeah. I don't, sorry, man. I don't know about right. that. It's just right away. It's like, it clicks like, no, that's not for me, man. I, I don't, I don't know anything about that. That's mm-hmm. a different world. Well, get to know about it. Learn about it. Because uh, uh, in terms of wealth creation in North America, we are in a position where we have that opportunity. Banks will yeah. lend you money. People have capital. Uh, if you've got a good business idea, it's already proven. All the math formulas are there. It's not like you're having to come up with some new new uh, product like the iPhone and then find a way to bring yeah. it to market and, and market the shit out of stuff. And is there even a demand there? We're talking about real estate. It's there. Right. It's already revenues coming in. You just got to be able to do some math equations. Okay. And so is this is this something that you should be considering, especially as a young man and as a young couple, like just now we're both getting ready to start working full time mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a team and start building some wealth, obviously get rid of the debt first, building some wealth. Would you advise like, obviously a more diverse portfolio is best, but I mean, in my head, when I was, when I was reading all these books, like Rich Dad Poor Dad, I was thinking more of like, like mutual funds and stocks, bonds and all that stuff. But real estate was something that seemed a little out of reach for me. Like it seemed like, I don't know if I'll even have the wealth to deal with that. But after talking here is like, do you recommend putting more effort and time and money into real estate? Because in my brain, the math seems to be working out better than waiting for for you know mutual funds to you know cure no, I, interest I, over time. It's a good question, and actually something I've toyed around with over the years. Because as as I was working in my engineering role, I would start a four hundred one k right, right, and my four hundred one k had different mutual funds and and funds that you could allocate a piece of that four hundred one k in right. And so over the years, as I started to make these investments in real estate, quickly I started to realize that why the fuck am I having uh, 25 G's or 50 G's sitting in a 401k 
making 8%. They're, 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 the management fees are nickel and diamond you to death. Right. They're, they're like the, all these fund managers are slicing pieces of your pie off yeah. year after year and they're putting it into their own pockets, right? Uh, at these big fund companies. So I said, and, and when I explained, I, you know, I explained to you the returns that you get on real estate with appreciation, cash flow, and um, and tax code and tax deductions. My returns on my real estate event adventures are are 10, 10x that of of um, of a four hundred one k. So I I slowed down that that whole um, train and I started to invest in myself. So instead of you know, people say, take 10%, put it in your 401k. That's great. How about take 10% and put it in a capital fund where you can start to use that and invest in real estate? Because the magic, the magic with investing in real estate is leveraging the bank's money. That's where you get the math of three. You, that's where you get a math of, of only, I only have $10,000 cash, but if you're, if it's your first house, you can buy up to a $300,000 home. That means when a, when a $300,000 home only appreciates by 2%, that's $6,000 of appreciation you got. Whereas, you know, if you could only buy $100,000 of home, it's only 2000 So that all that bank money that you're leveraging has allowed you to get the benefits of that. Uh, so so that's really the key is leveraging, leveraging the bank's money, but also, um, you know, taking advantage of ca- cash flow and tax right. code stuff. And uh, and I think and I think the the other thing that um, young young folks probably just don't don't think about is the fact that um, you know capital is available. So what I would say to someone like yourself is because I don't know, like for me, I'd be like ten grand. Okay, yeah, ten grand is not a lot of money. Well, ten grand is not a lot of money, Phil, for someone who's forty three and has gray hair. Right. By the way. Uh, that's it's not a lot of gray hair. It's a little bit, but <laughs> it's a trendy amount. It's a trendy amount. Thank you. It's like a Richard. It's like a Richard Gear amount of gray hair. Yeah. But but um, but ten grand when you're coming out of school and you like have that's like a lot of money and you have like brain. a car. You have car payment. You have you know. However, what's you know? So that's when you have to be because cre- wealth creation is about idea creation. Money is just a commodity. Cash is a commodity. If you if you don't pair that up with human capital. It's not worth anything. So that's where you get to be creative and you say, okay, I don't have 10 grand, right? However, I do know that I can find a multi-unit in Portland that cash flows. Because I, I, I'll, spend, I'll spend an evening running, grabbing a bunch of stuff from, from the MLS and, and run yeah. some numbers once I know the formula. And then I can just say, hey, uh, hey, Phil, hey, uh, anybody, just pull it together say listen how about this i'll give you 20 25% equity in this thing just so i can get into this thing and i'll start i'll manage it all i'll run it i'll take care of all the problems you outright own 25% just by giving me the 10 grand hey that's a no brainer right. i give you 10 grand and you're going to do all the work and but not only is are you going to be able to now enter into a four unit house that's worth 300 grand and you and you basically what did you bring <laughs> Zero. Yeah. You bring, you got zero right. dollars in this game, but I'm like, shit, man, 25% equity. Yeah. You own 75% of house. The math is looking real good. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So those are the things that you just got to think about. And, and until you think that it's possible and, and that you're worth it, you won't approach anybody with that confidence that you need. Cause you, you got to have the confidence and confidence comes from competence. Mm-hmm. Right. So until you, if you're like, if you're coming to me for money, Zach, and you haven't 
you don't understand the formulas of real estate and you come to me and say, hey, Phil, I found a four unit. It looks pretty cool. It's in a good part of town. I'm like, okay, what's the net operating income of it? How's it look? What are the financials of it? Oh, I don't know. Pretty good, I guess. You know, I would, you know, right away, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the money because you don't have the confidence nor the competence for me to make sure that if I'm going to give you that capital, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be taken care of. Right. So you just got to do your homework, you know, but that's it, man. If you, if you, I mean, in 10 years, again, wealth creation in less than 10 years is possible for you to like, you don't have to work anymore if you, if you do it right in 10 years. Yeah. And start to add to that portfolio. And and the other the other thing is about pyramiding your investments. You know, so um, when you buy your first one, right, that's that is the key. That is that's the fork in the road for a guy like you, Zach. A fork in the road is entering into that now. And so what will happen is in three years, when you're out of school and so on and so forth, you will have three years of payments behind you, meaning that now you have. Let's just say you have $40,000 worth of equity in this home that you bought. You've paid $0 rent every month. You have 30 grand. Now you can borrow $30,000 worth of money to go get the next one. Right. Right? And that's that's called pyramiding your investments. And then so you're you're just leveraging all the equity that you currently have to get the next one. And then that's going to happen again. And then it happens again until you start to see that over 5 years you can start to build a lot of equity and now you have a lot of money that you can move around. So Instead of buying a three hundred thousand dollar building, you have enough equity. You have two hundred thousand in equity. So now, if you have two hundred thousand, I can buy something worth a million. And when a million when a million dollar property appreciates by two percent, it's not bad. Yeah. Right. No kidding. And yeah. so that's the math. That's how the math works. So, so the key is you got to you got to act. You got to you got to find. You got to identify a property, and then you got to act on it. And and if you're spouse or significant other is a little bit concerned about it you know um hey man let me know email me <laughs> yeah philip henry at canuck-investments.com i think it's a, the, a huge decision um that can change people's lives for the better for sure yeah well i look forward to like kind of diving more into that and hopefully uh in future episodes we'll maybe uh even get even more specific with these kind of uh yeah. These kind of examples. Yeah. No, I think that'd be good. I think for me, it's like I'm a visual guy. So even talking through this, I mean, I, I like to see like numbers and, mm-hmm. and, um, and and for me, that's when I really understood the formulas. When I saw it on paper and I said, I, I'm, you're, you're right. saying that all these guys that tell you to invest in shares and mutual funds and stocks, if I make 10% here, you're telling me if I invest in real estate, cash flow real estate, multifamily real estate, I can make like 60% to 100% returns. Right. Oh man. I'd take, it would take me six lifetimes to earn the same amount of money. Exactly. Six X. So yeah. So yeah. And if, uh, for anyone that has questions or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm available to, uh, to chat through email. Like I said, my website, Canuck-investments.com. We, we rent. We uh, we have we help people buy, sell real estate in Bangor, Maine. Um, so contact us, reach out, and um, and thanks again, Zach, for coming in here and listening to me uh, spout off about real estate. No, that was perfect. Thanks for having so, me again. Awesome. Good. Thanks. Take care, guys.